Ready to kick off a great week. <laughs> You're jumpy. Yeah, sorry. Unprepared for your energy. Nick Kiprios. Jumpy. <clears throat> Justin Bourne. Mm-hmm. Derek Brandeo. Frank the Tank. And our boy Sammy McKee. Wherever you are. Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Sportsnet's YouTube channel. Sportsnet's now. I don't know. Podcasting. iTunes, Spotify. We are so happy you are aboard. And I know the season is just roughly like 30 games in. But I heard one of the goofiest comments pre-show. God, I hope it wasn't me. No, it wasn't you. <laughs> okay. It was Sammy. Mm-mm. Yes. Mm-mm. And here it is. Oh, boy. Is Bob Barker still with us? <laughs> Sammy, is Bob Barker still with us? Yes. You don't keep track of him? Yes, he is. (laughs) Good, good. 99 today. Yeah, so I saw it come up in my Twitter feed, and I was surprised by that. I thought maybe it was like in memoriam to him or something. I can't believe he's still with him. You're one of those guys. As soon as you see somebody over the age of 70 uh, Ah, uh, trending, they're dead. No, it's not even I saw Bob Seger was trending. Is he dead? I don't know. That seems to be the theme. So... I would like to think that Bob Barker is part of the greatest maybe movie scene of all time, like a top five movie scene of all time with the golfing, the pro-am with Happy Gilmore, and then they end up getting in a fight, and he punches him in the face at the end. I honestly think that's my favorite maybe ever. It's top yes, five. It is. Elite, he, elite movie. He, we, top we, got, five. we got a clip of him and... Uh, we do? Yeah. Of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Drew Carey? Yeah, and Drew Carey. This is my... Uh, this is my first clip, uh, Kipper's Clipper of the Week, and we are dedicating <laughs> it to Bob Barker along with Drew. Let's have a listen. Who else has a question? Everybody, go ahead. Bob, can you give us your line from Happy Gilmore? Oh, he wants to hear your line from Happy Gilmore. <laughs> now you've had enough. <laughs> what happened? Kipper is shocked. Did you beep it out? <laughs> what did you beep it out for? <laughs> Career protection, not getting fired. <laughs> you can't say the B word. I love, I love that you wanted to come out, start the week with Bob Barker saying, <laughs> "Yes." <laughs> saying Do we kind the of B send out those emails again about you know colorful language on the show? <laughs> I love it. I love that you tried to slide that one under the radar. I did Derek. try to slide. Derek it was like, "No." Where's Simon? All of a sudden, he's quiet again. If, if you wanted to slide that under the radar. You should have given it to me, and then, I, and then I would have told Derek it was bleeped, and then we would have snuck it in. Because oh. <laughs> Derek's literally the one who prevents swears. I am such a rookie at that. Yeah. I apologize. So if, you want, channels. if you want to sneak a swear on the air, yes. make sure you talk to me. <laughs> Derek. <laughs> I, I, like, I didn't have you as a goody-two-shoes. He's a professional. I don't have any control of what happens. That's on the air. okay. I've learned a valuable lesson. Yeah. Good to know. <laughs> you got to <laughs> circumvent the right. situation. Anybody else's birthday we need to cover? Or are we good? No, we're all good. All right. Saturday night. Didn't have the vibe, I think, coming off of a convincing LA game. But hey, at this point, points are points, correct? Correct. 
I mean, I, you know, Sheldon wasn't as uh, complimentary of his team. I don't know, not maybe not as complete a performance as we've seen from from the Leafs, but such a leafy win to me, where you just like have enough skilled players that you can overcome crummy goals against, and not a perfect game. Willie Nylander may feel a little differently because he did have a career night, did he not? Five points. Mm-hmm. And when he's gone, he's gone, right? And he's been going a lot more and a lot more consistently yeah. than we've seen probably at any point uh, as a Toronto Maple Leaf. He's never even had a four-point game before. So, yeah. I mean, he's he's creating offense at a fairly elite rate. I just think he looks so strong now. He looks like a grown man. You know he's only like... 40 some goals behind Michael Nylander's career. Like he's really putting together a nice little yeah, run of hockey and here. I did play with his dad, talented guy. Yep. Um, but you want to talk about some nights disappearing or some nights just not having it. Uh, that was, that was uh, Michael. Yeah. Apple doesn't fall far. That whole thing. Um, yeah. So William Nylander now has 19 multi-goal games and Michael had 18. Uh, so that that's pretty impressive that he's you know 26 yep. years old and starting to you know Michael is a good player. All right, let's go to our second Kippers Clipper behind the legendary Bob Barker. That's great. We're gonna clip him the rest of the day, and he'll always be behind Bob Barker. <laughs> that's right. That's good. Okay. Let's start to the week. Let's go to Sheldon on his overall thoughts of the hockey game, and then we'll get into his thoughts on Wee Willie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, we're thrilled that we get the win and, you know, get two points. Um, I thought we did, I thought we still did a lot of good things in the game that help us ensure that we get two points. I thought we did a lot of things that were not good in the game that made the game a lot harder on ourselves than it needed to be. It's been quite some time since that's been the case. I thought today was was not indicative of the type of game we've been playing. And as a result, the game was chaotic. Okay, they're not all oil paintings. No, they are not. And sorry, boys, I was just trying to, uh, I was a little quiet there. I was trying to figure out our YouTube situation. We're now live on YouTube. We had a little bit of a technical difficulty, but we're now live on YouTube as well. So I thought you kind of mentioned how it was a Leafsy win. Mm-hmm. I'd say it was very 2019, 2020, early parts of 2021 type of win where their, their defensive game has been a lot better in this stretch. And yeah. that's been a big turning point for them. It was not there. The goaltending has been really good for them in this stretch, and that was certainly not there, but their skill guys did what they needed to do. So I think I kind of agree with Sheldon on that. You know, Sheldon saying that, like, because of the way they played, the game looked chaotic. He's right when you look back at some of the games they've played where, like, not much has happened. They just beat the Kings. You know, they just beat them. That was kind of then the game ended. Like, you know, like, it wasn't like drama both ways like this one disallowed goal not disallowed you know nine goals in the contest it just it feels like when they're they're not as tight defensively the game gets a little little wonky on them one thing i did want to note is a sam mckee note in here that the leafs have scored 64 goals since november 1st matthews nylander Tavares, and marner have 42 of those 64 goals that's 66 percent of the goals from four guys so pretty pretty top heavy this group right now not getting a lot of depth support scoring it, it- but it's built that way. It is built that this way. This is the way it needs this is to be. Yes. If you don't get that percentage of scoring from those four people, you're not going to win. I, I don't know if you saw the least bottom six on Saturday night. Yeah. But I don't think you're going to get a lot of goals from that. Yeah. Any Joey Anderson thoughts from the group? Yes. I 
remembered he was playing when he was tripped by Vladar in late in the third period. Played 10 minutes. I was surprised by that. That's incredibly shocking (laughs) to me. But just enough to let those four other guys rest. Yeah, that's perfect. That's a really good point. But do you want to... So you and I have had this conversation on other sides of it. Maybe you don't want to do that all year where it's like, hey, four guys, go get the win. But that's there's no alternative to that. So <laughs> so if you're saying that mm-hmm. mid-December, what are you saying mid-April? When I'm saying, it's like thank ev- God they traded for two good depth players or they'd be in trouble. <laughs> Every other <laughs> night yeah. for two months. Yeah, it's going to be a big, big ask. You know, over the course of 82 games, those four players, those four elite players, mind you, you should have one or two of them going every night. And, you know, there's going to be some nights where it doesn't happen, but it's not very often. And so far, the plan has worked. <laughs> we'll see if it can sustain a whole year in playoffs, but. Playoffs. Okay, let's, uh, uh, let's go to Sheldon on Nylander's uh, five-point night. Uh, you know, I think he's he's just been he's been consistent with you know with his play on offense and how he pushes the chances that he generates. I, mean, I think we've over the years we've had this conversation a number of times. And last season he set kind of a new standard for himself. And uh, I think, as I've said in the past, he's got a long ways to go still I, you know, in terms of what his potential is and what he can do. He's and, and you're, you're seeing that, um, and and he's. He's producing at a higher clip. He's been very consistent to start the season here. Um, to me, you know, when we look at it, there's, you know, I think Willie can and should be in that top elite tier of players in the league. And he's working his way there. So I think that's, you know, in terms of his play with the puck, that's it. Like all of our players, there's a whole other side of it on the stuff without the puck defensively. And that's a whole other uh, area to discuss and, and talk about. But when it comes to the offense and consistently making plays and helping our team win games, he's been very good there. Yeah, can't argue anything uh, Sheldon just said. No, but it is noteworthy, I think, that he can't just say he's been great. There has You can't overpraise for fear, I think, of Nylander backing it off, of not of you know resting on his laurels and now having a 10-game nap. It really does feel like every compliment to William Nylander has to be backhanded. Right. Like it really does. Like it just that whole. Yeah, clip but there. he that's that's on him. The last five years of being this ultra sure. talented guy that just didn't show up. Uh, I love that assessment. Con- consistently, yeah. like, like you've he, done this, you've made he, this bed. You've made this bed. You 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 don't deserve the benefit of his doubt just yet. To not, his credit. Not, not on a five point night uh, mid December with everything we've seen in the past. Yeah, I mean, and. In, in their playoff games that they have played, and they're been you know, okay. So he's been good in the playoffs. He's been okay. Yeah, I mean, compared to if, a lot of other guys, if, he's been, if you're he's been talking good. about, yeah. if you're talking about providing enough offense to keep you close, I'll give you that. If you're talking about influencing a series, mm-hmm. then they've all failed in in those first rounds. Yeah, there's not been one guy where you felt was dragging them to a win in any yes. contest or anything. Yeah. Last year he was good. The year before I think he was very good. Um, but last year he was, yeah, he was good. But you're right. So that's interesting though because you could almost book it now. Yeah. Okay, five-point game. How many does he get over the next 10 games? You know, let's keep an eye on well, that to see if there is a, just, okay, now I can relax moment. Just in terms of, you know, where that, that ceiling is 
for for Willie. And I, I I don't know if it was three or four years ago. I made a comment, and I remember it. I said that this guy will have opportunities to win rocket uh, uh, trophies for best goal scorer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And he rocket has that Richard, rocket, yeah. <laughs> rocket Richard. Yeah. He has that ability. Yeah. He's got that shot that can beat you from 30 feet out. Yeah. And he is a, a natural finisher. For sure. Whether or not uh, he's dipping a shoulder in and going sliding that uh, backhand five, uh, five do you, hole. Do you think he meant to go five hole in that? By yeah, the way? I do. Yeah. Okay. I do. Absolutely. I do. He's on pace for. Now, is it 43, 44 goals? It's in the 40s, whatever the number is. When you see him putting in 30, 35 goals, to me, that's just enough to get by. Yeah. That is not what Sheldon's talking about, about a ceiling and a bar. I think he should be minimum 40-plus every year. Yeah. And on a career year, he should be uh, a 50-goal scorer. Yeah, you know, fifty is not out of the question this season. You're right. I can see that from his ability. It, it just it hasn't quite come together, and because we've had those dips where he has ten games where you don't hear his name for a while. So he's yeah. now he's now eighth in the league in goals. At, oh, ninth in the league at goals with seventeen, and he is top twenty in points with thirty three. So I'd we, say like this is the most production they've got. Yeah. What did he get? Eighty points last year. I think it's heading in the direction to go even up from that this year as it did last year yeah. so i listen i not all guys have the meteoric rise like you measure him against the guys that are on his team right like look what marner's done look what matthew's done Tavares has been consistent to get around 85 90 points every year not everyone has a linear development in what's terms his of best year point wise yeah is it 70 no it was last year wasn't it his 67 last- no, he was higher than that last year. I don't year, know. I 38, he had 37 goals? He had, 80, he had 80 points last year. Okay. So he jumped. So he went, yeah, like. <sighs> Tough because there's those weird years in there with like yeah. half seasons and stuff, right? What, uh, what was his goals uh, total? 30... 34 goals and 46 assists. And 34, 34 was his career yeah. high for him. Yeah. 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 At this point, that that number should be higher. Yeah. With his skill level. Yeah. I mean, oh, listen, 34 for me with that talent. You know not what, not enough. My two cents on Nylander as a finisher is in tight. Sometimes he's not like he's a shooter finisher. He shoots it past goal. He's got a hard shot. He places it really effectively. You know, not always the, I don't know if he's a great shootout shooter. It's something I would have to look up, but it doesn't strike me as one of those type of guys. So there's more goals to come. He gets a ton of chances. I think sport logic had him as one of the leading uh, breakaway getters in the league. <laughs> is that I mean, a flattering stat? Well, Johnny Goodrow leads the, the league over the past four or five years, so it's stylistic, we'll yeah. say. <laughs> so who when when Sheldon talks about Nylander getting up there with the the elite, and we are talking about wingers here, right? Are we not? We are. So who who does he speak of now? Panarin. Panarin. Uh well, Mitch Marner's Maybe the best winger out there right now. Complete winger. Yep. For sure. Yeah, in terms of elite production though, like I don't I don't know in terms of like I mean for goal no, scoring or I'm, do you mean I, points? I, I'm talking about no, I'm so, talking about the capabilities mm-hmm. to be up and, and spoken of in this manner. So yeah. here's the right wingers in the league that he is behind in points. He's behind Mitch Marner, Miko Rantanen, 
David Pasternak, and Nikita Kucherov, and that's the end of the list. Okay, and I've, <laughs> I, I've said, yeah. <laughs> and I've said all along, I, I wish he can turn himself into a poor man's Pasternak. Yeah, he's that. He's a definitely uh, yeah. a poor man's. I would even Except, I'd say he's middle class. Except, <laughs> like he's getting there, man. Yeah. middle class. He's getting Pasternak. there, but what he's missing is is uh, Pasternak's consistency, his uh, work ethic, and his edge. That nasty, uh, I uh, I could spear you as much as I could beat you with a, a skilled play. I'll hear you on the edge part of that, Kipper. But I think if we were watching David Pasternak every single night, we'd be having a lot of conversations the same we do about Willie in terms of his having nights off. Like, it's not like he's been dominant. Not even close. Uh, not even close. All right. Yeah. Not for me think, anyways. Yeah. Like, Listen, I think there would be I, I don't think he's, I don't think he's come close to taking the nights off Willie has the last three or four years. And then we're talking about the playoff runs too, which you don't want to put any no. credit behind. No, I'm not. Right? Let's not mention that. Yeah, has nothing to do with okay. it. Okay. But he's, he's been good in the playoffs, Willie. Right. In those seven games. If play. Willie can come underneath that, now all of a sudden you've got yourself a player. Yeah. And Pastor, or uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, if if we're talking about, uh, uh, you know, high high elite players, like. Panarin, I, I don't know what's going on with Panarin, but last time I checked, uh, probably his head coach hasn't been too happy with him. Cash and checks. And uh, he's 11-6, by the way, if so I'm not money. mistaken. Uh, we do have another Keith on Nylander. If Willie needed as much motivation, do we want to do, yeah. yeah, oh, do that? I, I don't know if I put that yes. clip in. It's in there. Okay, good. I All think right. it's a combination of things. It's a combination of, I mean, he's, he's maturing. Um, you know, I think over time you... You get sick of having the coach in your ear all the time, and you want to just you want to get that sorted out yourself before the coach has to come and get there. I also think our players internally, uh, amongst themselves, are pushing each other. Those those top guys, they're pushing each other. Uh, and like I said, Willie, I think has potential to be in that top tier. You know, Austin and Mitch have really established themselves in that very exclusive top tier in the league. Willie should be right there hanging with those guys and. Um, he's pushing himself, and then they're all pushing one another, which I think is how the, how that group gets to even greater heights. That should give you everything you need to know on how Sheldon's been riding Willie Nylander the last few years to, oh, yeah. to, to get to a, another level. Willie deserves some credit for sticking it out and not saying, get me out of here, because Sheldon's been there, the same voice all yeah. over him, you know, Willie, like, poking and prod and trying to get the most and he's just kind of okay you know all right new day yeah he, he takes it pretty good so deserves some credit yeah. there and again i mean sheldon's nailed it that a coach can only go so far with that messaging before he gets shut uh shut down or shut out and it has to come within your peer group in the dressing room yeah. so sheldon doesn't have to do it now mitch can do it or austin can do it yeah. Or Morgan Riley can do it because those guys have got that in the room. Yeah, they've been with each other long enough. That you when should he's be able gone, to take he's a gone, right? Of, a little bit of ribbon from the guys. Yeah, and I think there's probably a natural competitiveness with you know that you're in that core four, right? Like you know that you're part of that. And seeing yeah. all those guys play so great over the past since this point streak started, which feels like I think it was Remembrance Day the last time they lost in, in regulation. So that's been a long time. When yeah. you're seeing everybody else dominate in the big four, you want to be part of that, and it's natural motivation. You're getting better. The puck's going in. It's a recipe for success. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. 
what did you guys think about uh, the whistle down goal? Were you convinced that that would have been waved off Saturday the, night? The squeaker through Murray? Yeah. We're, I was confused. I thought that whistle meant end of play and it was end of conversation. I didn't know the rule that, that you knew. Did you know it, Barney? You know, if I'm being 100% honest, I didn't. I knew it the other way, the old intent to blow, like the yeah, ref yeah. could blow it, you know, say I meant to blow the whistle by that. I didn't realize that a whistle could blow and the puck could go in and the ref could go, wow, it was still yeah. moving, like a jump shot if or it's something. A, if it's a continuous motion. You did know that. I did know yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, no, I didn't know that. So I thought Keith did a great little breakdown on it if you want to. Yeah, let's hear. have a listen. The rule's pretty simple. I, I As soon as I saw it, back right away I said oh that's a goal the, the, the way the, the rule is if, if the if it's a if even if the whistle goes if there's a continuation of the play and the puck lands in the net it's a goal if, if that puck stopped on the goal line and they come and poke it then it's not a goal that's the way that I understand the rule so for me it was pretty straightforward no sense complaining about it just move on they got it all dialed in eh? the video coaches there getting goals overturned that one they didn't stress out about so which leads us to, you want to finish that off wow. or you want to go to Matt Murray? That's what I was going to say. Okay. That's Which leads us to, yeah, kind of maybe a, ugly goal. Not I, too many we've seen on Matt Murray. We, we could pick out a dozen of those type of goals last year on Matt Murray as an Ottawa senator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we need a searchlight to find him this season. You know, there's a piece of me that's like, oh, it's two, a couple in two games now. Let's hope we're, you know, we don't need the Jack Campbell season where everyone says Vesna in the first half of the year and all of a sudden it starts to slide away. This is Let's tighten it up again. This is precisely the reason I have not even considered a close to a victory lap on Matt Murray. Well, yeah. you've hinted it. I've hinted. Some. When he's playing well, how can you not be happy about it? Right. But, like, I'm not jumping from the rooftops here. This yeah. is a day-to-day, game-to-game situation yeah. about him. And, like, that was his first really bad one, right, since Montreal? Since the opening night? Like, I guess well, you could talk about Tampa wasn't great. So your mileage may vary on that one. I didn't love it. but Yeah, but I, I thought he was pretty bad on Saturday night, no? Yeah. No, nah, not great, but uh, not bad enough where you sunk the game. This very Jack Campbell last season, though, where it was like, yeah, it was, you know, they got one more than the other team. Campbell could have been worse. But, yeah, no, again, you're allowed to have some bad games. No one plays great 82 times or 40 times whatever goalie plays. So not going to panic about it, but not a great show. Yeah, and the other good part, according to Daryl Sutter, was you got the officials on your side. I got no time for this at all. Sutter said something about the officiating set. Let's have a listen to Daryl Sutter uh, talk about the officiating after Saturday night's hockey game. Well, that's one thing I learned a long time ago, Eric, when you're in in Chicago all those years. When you play and you come into Toronto, you know what goes on. You know what goes on. Do you? But this is two games in a row. You guys had a lot. So then write about it. (laughs) (laughs) How about Daryl telling uh, Eric Eric Francis? uh, Story uh, ideas? Yeah, story ideas. Eric, come here. I got one for you. Write about this. I would love a buddy cop movie with Eric Francis and Daryl Sauter. Those two seem to have a, just a splendid relationship. I love those guys. Isn't it it's just not true. It isn't, okay. Uh, do you remember a lot of the penalty Saturday? Yeah. Okay. I mean. None of not, them stand out I think, to me I think, I think post-game Hockey Night in Canada uh, reflected on them. I think the only one that I think was soft for me anyways um, was uh, Backlund's. 
mm-hmm. shove in yeah. the corner. Right. A little soft. But other than that, I think, you know, the... Huberto uh, high sticks a dude in the head, no the, T, the, what do you want me to do? There's a lot of, hey, control your stick here. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just not true. I mean, statistically, penalties called against Toronto, for Toronto. You know, these guys are not from Toronto. Frankly, if I'm not mistaken, don't most people not from Toronto hate Toronto? Isn't that a thing? Am I, you know? That would be a thing. Okay, so... Yeah, I mean... Sour grapes don't... Hate us because they ain't us is a big part of that. Who's it? What's that? Hate us because they ain't us is a big yeah, part of that. Yeah, I believe that's a thing. Yeah. Well, I think it was more than the, just a Toronto thing. He totally ripped his team for losing in Columbus the night before. He probably thought that they were closer or better. You're onto something here. Um, uh, let's deflect a little bit off of my team Actually and what, better. What, what the problem is. Let us let me just throw the focus on the officials and we'll get out of dodge here. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I like that. It's kind of like Herdman saying F Croatia. You know? Is it? No one talked about their crappy first game loss. Everyone was like, oh, he's talking about F Croatia. And maybe it, hopefully it goes better for some. First game loss is the highlight of their tournament. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? Uh, the, the one thing that I am starting to kind of feel for is that this this double minor we we got to get rid of the double minor i am not a fan of the double minor what? for stick high sticking when there's blood yeah when there's blood it is so arbitrary that like someone has like a thinner skin or something so uh, we're yeah, like yeah, now yeah, it's yeah, an extra penalty yeah, yeah, yeah. bit an old cold sore and uh now we go to a double minor like i can i can break i can break your jaw yeah and still get a two-minute penalty um funny enough when my jaw broke there was no blood i can just absolutely you know graze you and that's four minutes you know that's an awesome point and something i've never thought of oh yeah no it's just something of accepting the inside of your lip or something when you get body checked stupid it is just stupid. Stupid. And guys do try to bite a lip or something when they get high oh, sticks and they go to a minute. They try to, you know, you got adrenaline going. They can't draw blood fast no, enough. No, give it a try. Now, Matthew's got a pretty good there, right? In the so middle it's, of the lip. That would have killed It's It's two minutes yeah. or it's a five-minute major. Yeah, he either meant to stick him in the face. That's a five. You didn't. It's a two. How long has that rule been around? Been well, long enough to piss me off. People been bleeding. I don't remember, like I don't remember it coming in or whatever. But it's just it's a. You're right. It doesn't make any sense because no. it can like something that doesn't draw blood can be way more vicious, like you said, than something that doesn't. That's something I never thought of, Kip. You're right. The other thing from Calgary's uh, perspective here is they're just not that good. Hmm. Thanks. Yeah, no. I'm st- I, like I'm watching Saturday night. Yeah, and. They're slow. Yeah. And yeah, they, they, they lack old. offense. Yeah. And offense. What, what, well, it's not good. Yeah, they've got the it's not good. They, they got a little bit of a, yeah. uh, a Brad May thing going on right now because the buildup off of this trade was huge for both clubs. Mm-hmm. And right now, and I don't know what tomorrow brings or next month or next year, but I will say today, this has been a really bad trade for both teams. Yeah, neither team looks better. Well, Florida's terrible. The one thing with Calgary, so I wrote an article today on strength of schedule, like who's had the hardest, who is the easiest to go. The Flames have had the literal hardest really schedule good. in the NHL and have the easiest schedule in the NHL remaining. I know there's still 50-some games. It's probably not that big a swing. But I think it's hard when you've got new players on your team 
Yeah. And you're you're up against some good teams early. Tough to get that kind of mojo going. I, I can see a world where the Flames find it this season, put it together a little bit. Like Huberto, right. for example, 115 I points last year. No, I Saturday night. I snapped a beautiful pass to Noah Hannafin for the first goal of the Flames yeah, scored. That's okay. True. Yeah. But after that, was he uh, an influencer in the game? Did he... What would you say? Did he dictate play? <laughs> Absolutely not. No. No. He did not control the match. And that contract before, hasn't started. <laughs> before the season, would you have traded Willie Nylander for Jonathan Huberto? <laughs> yes, without flinching. But you're right. right. Now you're I'm now asking. I don't know if I would have. Oh, pardon me. Huberto was a top five heart trophy guy last year. He had 115 points. To Willie's 80. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You would ask, have to ask me then. Because my mind is blurred now. But I don't know. I, I really don't know if I would have. If I'm trading Willie Nealander for an elite def- defenseman. Yeah. That would always be going into my conversation. So maybe if it was both of them. Would See, be a uh, I'll save you time. You would have. So. I think the majority <laughs> of anybody would say, yeah, I would. Yeah. And they would see... The 115 points and uh, in the MVP talk. But it really, I'm not sure he'll ever reach that or come close to it ever again. It's crazy because you're right. You think about Willie now and it's like if he's a 45 goal guy, yeah. not a chance you trade him for Huberto. If Huberto's well, going right to get 95 you, points with you would, 18 goals. You, you would, you'd laugh at uh, trading Willie for... And the Jonathan contract, Huberto. 10 years times, what is it? Eight what, times eight? 10 and a half. That starts next year. Eight times 10 and a half. Yeah. So you'd be like, okay, well, what are you attaching to Huberto to get Nylander? <laughs> How much are they eating? <laughs> but here's, this is like the perfect scenario for Huberto is that you got traded to a team where the owner was in a full panic because mm-hmm. all he saw were players who want to leave. You had a guy who wanted to stay. No, none like, of, no, you didn't want a guy that wanted to stay necessarily. You needed you needed to sign him or else he would have gone too. Mm-hmm. So you overpaid. Right. So that's what happened here. Yeah. So if if Huberto doesn't get the 115 points and have that career year, and say he scores 85, yeah. where's his marketplace on a new contract? Boy, it's still a lot of points, and he's still a fairly prime age okay. guy. It's it's high. It's not whatever. It's eight million a year or something. Eight times eight, or you know, yes, eight times nine. I don't know. Yes, yeah, eight and a half. Yeah, ballpark. Right, but he got an extra fourteen two per year, uh, an extra f- two and fourteen million yeah. because you had an owner who panicked into. We can't lose anybody anymore. How do, you, how do you get a panicking boss? That sounds like a great spot to be Do we in. have any at Rogers? <laughs> no, is anyone freaking out about losing us? Um, <laughs> no. Yeah. No, 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 no. Bueller? Kadri? What did you think of Kadri? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was... Nice goal. Should have bet my life savings he was going to score. That was a lock. But, um, <laughs> yeah, he's fine. Scored. Didn't notice him a ton, I would say. I wouldn't say he was playing with the recklessness, and I wouldn't say he was noticeable for that part of his game as much as I would usually think. Wouldn't you agree? I just think when I watch him and when I watched him in Colorado, and we all believe that that was just the perfect spot for him, he needs to come behind someone yes. like 
You don't want him to have to be the guy with the pressure to score. You want him to be the guy who follows up and contributes gravy. And Lindholm had an amazing year last year with Johnny Hockey and and Matthew Kachuk. Mm -hmm. But he's not that guy either. To yeah. be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, I know. He's. It's interesting. You know what I was thinking about Goodrow, and this is all related but not directly? You know, we give guys such a hard time, or I do anyway sometimes, about just, like, wanting to make as much money as they can during their career. I've been giving Johnny Goodrow a really hard time. Didn't Wasn't it you who said to me that, that that offer was, like, way more than anyone else was, was offering him in, Calgary's? in Columbus? Calgary's was way more than... Uh, Columbus's Calgary's is more than Columbus. Oh my gosh, I I think they got to eleven. Okay, well then, yeah, he's a coward. I stick with it. <laughs> I'm standing by. <laughs> he went. I was to, just gonna say, if you're gonna he, make he millions to, more, he, it's he, millions. He, I understand he, he, it. He took, yeah, he shaved. I don't know, fifteen, twenty million bucks. Oh my god, I guess like even your take home after taxes, if it's better in Columbus, still not. So he loses the extra mill and change off yeah. of seven years, yeah. and he gives up the eighth year at eleven. Wow. 20 million bucks, bud. Well, just didn't want the spotlight, huh? Didn't want the pressure. Didn't no, want. No. No. Just. I'm just going to uh, go earn my money. No, I'm going to go somewhere just closer to the family and. I'm just buy a uh, farm in Ohio uh, for. I think, I think the border. $3,000. Yeah, <laughs> and, and didn't want to play in Canada anymore, buddy. Didn't wow. want to play in Canada anymore. It's an interesting Good. sliding door he had assigned with uh, the Devils. Right? It was like a big rumor that he was going to go to the Devils, right? They were in on him. They never. They nobody stepped up with like. Then this is this is how you know for sure. Is because Calgary or Columbus went and knocked on Kadri's door first mm-hmm. because they thought they had no shot at Johnny Goudreau. Oh, really? So the first well, offer... I, I've seen the clip where the, they find out that Goudreau's interested, the, and they're like, wait, what? The first big offer out of the gate, they said the, Columbus thought that they had a better shot at getting out of the gate and getting Kadri than uh, they did Johnny Hockey. They'd have been better off. And that's why they looped back, because Kadri said, no, I want to go to a contender, or I have different reasons to not want to go to Columbus. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when Columbus regrouped and said... Uh, John, J- Johnny Hockey's still around? Yeah. Well, I, there is a clip where they find out that he's interested, and it's through a teammate of his, his good Branson, actually, I think, who's like, hey, uh, Johnny would come play for your team. And they're like, good, yeah. Goudreau? Johnny yeah. Goudreau? Yeah. Okay. Tell but, him we'll give him $70 million. Uh, but that's that's really where it stemmed on, on and especially with Hubert getting that money, is mm-hmm. that, so when you start hearing that, you know, Johnny Hockey's turning down $11 million mm-hmm. per season. And Matthew Kachuk's not re-signing. You're that, urgent to You're keep urgent someone. to go out there and say, we got to prove that people want to play uh, in Calgary, in Canada, whatever. And we're going we're gonna to go up another million and a half for a guy over market value. And that's, they're, they're, that's how he ended up signing. You know, they're a pretty good defensive team, and they just don't produce offensively. They're begging for him to they're find s- it. They're slow, Yeah, too. I agree. They're, they're slow. Just... And we saw Lucic, healthy scratch guys. Now, think about this for a second. That's... Daryl Sutter that's doing that. That's a big statement. That's Daryl's guy. Yeah. I mean, look at it, though, Kipper. It's Toffoli's not fast. Kadri, okay. Lindholm's not that fast. Mangiapane. Then you go down the lineup. Trevor Lewis, Lucic, like it's... They are 18th in the NHL in points percentage. The 
Yeah. I, I still think they're a playoff team. I, actually, I'm very confident they're a playoff team, but. The what? What's the big difference this year? And their defense has actually probably improved. We can all say that with mm-hmm. Uyghur. Not getting a save. Exactly. Yeah. I think the they dip they in the, the goal save percentage. Yeah. Ladar, like, Ladar is uh, huge. No, did, uh, did you like Nylander's uh, 30-footer finding no. a way go, to go Five through home? him? Yeah. No, I did not. No, I thought, like he made, I thought he made a few decent saves in the third. He did. I, thought he, I thought he was stepped up a little bit in the third period. But yeah, the one that beat him there, that was not pretty. So, um, Okay. As ugly as it is in, in Calgary, it, just to kind of bookend this trade, mm. like Florida is god awful. Guys, they ain't, they ain't making playoffs. They're not making the playoffs. This they, is, this is uh, we're trading for Matthew Kachuk because he's going to be the difference maker. And point production, he's there, right? He's having a career year again, is he not? Yeah, he's, he's been good. It's been good, but it's not. He's not a difference maker for them to win games, to influence games. Yeah, it's not happening. He's thirty-seven points in twenty-seven games so far for Matthew Kachuk this year. Thirteen goals, twenty. But he, they are thirteen, twelve, and four in twenty-nine games. There's thirteen no, wins in he's twenty-nine not games. Denting games for him. Man, they're behind the Capitals, the Red Wings, the Rangers, the Islanders, all these teams. They got the outworked last night yeah. by Seattle. Funny, too, because isn't that what they tried to fix with their identity? They tried to get harder, grittier. Isn't that the idea of getting Kachuk and get moving on from uh, Huberto? People have been questioning Matthews a little bit this season. How about Barkoff? I don't know. Is he getting questions? Oh. Are, you, you may, are you giving him right now? I'm, I'm like, where is he? No idea. Where is Barkov in all of this? And uh, I know he's been hurt. I know he's been out of the lineup. But when he's been in, uh, there's just no signs of him being mm-hmm. a elite guy this year. Wild. Wild swing so, for Florida, who just won the President's Trophy. We would be remiss if I didn't ask you your thoughts on David Camp. Uh, Timothy Lilligren and I Rasmus cannot believe we Sandin. went 38 minutes starting they started starting OT. do you want I, what, what, what were they going in one and six or something six yeah. in a row they'd lost okay six in a row you know coaches get paid for making tough decisions or good decisions at least they did something I mean you can't necessarily blame him for trying now if they would have been scored upon on that first shift mm-hmm. You know how the narrative would have gone. Yeah, I don't know. They still would have felt justified in just doing something else, wouldn't they? Have? But there yes. would have been Sammy going, come on. Yeah, just start your best guy. Just go with don't your overthink. best not, guy. Not me. I actually... You're okay? I love David Camp. I'm a president of the David so, Camp fan. Uh, you know fan what club, would have happened so. if they had won that opening face-off? Exactly. He was, one guy, whoever got the puck, would have taken it back behind their net, and they'd have changed two. Lilligren or whatever, they'd have changed a D-man, and Camp so would have changed. We talked about this after the game. I yeah. thought it would have been that they'd throw it back to the D-man, and they would have sent one forward. They, they would Instead have changed. of two. The plan would have been both guys. My understanding from what the Marlies have been testing this out for them a little Ooh. bit. Uh, and it sounds like they the plan would face be, off win face off win puck possession yep. get your good stars out start with a conservative mindset till you get it then you put on your your gunners and you know interesting yeah I like so, it yeah why not right like the, can we you, listen to Keith's clip on it it's yes. really good yeah. figured Sandy would be the most likely to take a stick in the face <laughs> <laughs> well, listen we it's no secret that things haven't gone gone well for us in overtime we've tried a little bit of everything in terms of mixing and matching our, our top four guys and and it hasn't gone well 
You know, and, and reality is we've lost to some teams that have taken a little more conservative approach um, off the start. And I think given what we've been through, I, I think we needed to shock the system a little bit and try something entirely different. Shock the system, and they that do, was, and then they go score. Who clipped them? Huberto? Yeah. I mean, those are, those are nice breaks. Oh, yeah. Off a face-off where yeah. a guy just doesn't really focus on his stick positioning and where accidentally clip somebody. Yeah. Those are those are nice breaks to start up face off. But that's why it's been so wild that they've been one and six and lost six in a row. It's like you expect to get a break somewhere along and, the way. And they got a uh, absolute peach of a break on the winner. Yeah, you know, the pass back. Off, bounce, yeah. And it just lands on a stick yeah. in a sweet spot with a wide yeah. open net and he shoots it in. So can can they save a little bit of those for April? Well, it's not three on three in April, so I'm just talking about the breaks in general. Like Listen, yeah. and if maybe they can get right. better than a 630 save percentage in overtime, uh, they might be okay. I love that Campbell right. Hate sneaks back in. Well, I mean, no, you're, it's, you're not, are, it's not good. Are, you're not losing faith right now. In Did you center? drop a little bit of faith in Matt Murray just based on a, an, no, a, an listen, average night? Listen, every goalie has bad games, okay. but it's, it's just it's more the when he was going well, the confident look of him. And how locked in he seemed. That game, it was the lack of confidence in his game. He just looked, he looked off. So I just hope that's a blip as opposed to a trend. Is okay. We'll ask, yeah, just move on. We'll just, we'll ask uh, Jim Ralph after the break. How's that? And then we go to Colby Armstrong in the second hour. So we got plenty, plenty more meat on the bone on Bob Barker Day <laughs> on the Real Kipper and Born Show. Right on. Back after these words. Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. How we doing, Sammy? Everybody back on board on uh, on our YouTube channel. I'm getting notes that uh, <laughs> people weren't getting. I saw your tweet. Uh, the visuals. I like that there's just an off button for it. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm trying to do some research for uh, people that are quite upset that our YouTube channel wasn't on at the beginning. And I've narrowed it down to uh, Sammy pushing the wrong button. You got a, it. There's the big red on one there. Yeah, yeah. I know that's your job, Sam. No, no, I, I'm not joking now. Like, what did you do to screw up uh, all the viewers to start the show? I did nothing. <laughs> he literally never has anything to but do with did, the YouTube channel. Did you channel. fix it? I did. How did you fix it? You know, clap on, clap off. Okay. Clap on. Unplug, replug. <laughs> and that's not, he's not joking. Uh, Ralphie's there, please. Ralphie, come and save the show, please. He's gone. I was, he was gone. I was, was talking to you and he's gone. It's a Christmas miracle, but the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Christmas nightmare. He's, you've turned him into our YouTube channel. You hit the off button again. What are you I guys hung up on him. Oh. You hung up on him. Only one thing's allowed to work at a time. <laughs> All right. You think he's... Uh... Do you like, hey, do you like Malgan the other night? Do you like him on Saturday? Um, uh, nothing special. Why? I, 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 I. Yeah. Well, like more than Robertson in that spot. I feel like sometimes he has the hockey puck. And Robertson doesn't ever seem to. So that's nice. I'm... I'm, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, please, Ralphie, save the show, and then um, you you bailed. Yeah, I've got, I've got a history of saving things, haven't I? 
Yep. Yes. Yes, without a doubt. But uh, Leafs don't need any saving, even when it's not looking as as good as it has the last little while. They still managed to get points. I mean, I said it earlier in the week, uh, last week. They they can't do anything wrong right now. It's unbelievable the run on on consecutive points. Yeah, and, and you know, Harry Neal always had the great line too. He said, "You don't criticize the wins." You know, you're, you're going to have enough games where you played well and didn't get it. So, you know, enjoy the role. And, and I remember that 16-game point streak in the early 2000s. How it was sort of the the same thing. And that's why. And I don't know if Gip here, um, you know, probably similar to me, where you can remember stuff from 20 years ago than you can 20 minutes ago. And, Breakfast. And I, yeah, I know. But I, I can remember during that that streak. Um, they were uh, the, the one overtime loss they had in the 16 games. Uh, they were actually down a goal to St. Louis with about uh, three minutes left. And Tom Fitzgerald took a double minor for high sticking. So they're still down a goal. They're shorthanded. They pulled the goalie to play five on five. Joe Newendike tied it with about 30 seconds left. And then Chris Pronger won it overtime. But that's how they got the point. You know, you pull your goalie and score a shorthanded goal to tie it late. And that's what it feels like they're doing now. That it, you know, whatever moment they need, they they seem to be getting right now. Yeah, I love the idea of not criticizing the wins too, because sometimes you do play well and deserve better results. Um, you know, someone who is uh, has faced a little bit of criticism this year that was probably time to turn it around a little bit is is Austin Matthews guy. I think he's got a eight game point streak right now. He scored in six of the last seven games, three points on Saturday night, uh, eight shots. Have you seen him starting to come around using that wrist shot a bit more? Yeah. And I, I think that was even the, uh, you know, the goal in the first period against Calgary. Uh, like as much as, you know, you, you like the, the tap ins from the side of the net or the redirections or the rebounds. Um, it's like Ovechkin's one timer, Stamco scoring on a one timer. Those are the ones you love seeing. You know, those are the fun ones because there's there's a build up to it where you're saying, oh no, like Matthews has it in the middle of the slot, moving right. on the goalie, and um, you know there's a certain amount of uh, I think excitement to it. So it's um, you know I don't think anyone ever wanted to see Barry Bonds hit an inside the park home run, but you know <laughs> it still still shows up in the stat sheet. But the thing is with um, with Austin Matthews as well, it seems like uh, because every time he's got going, I think he's got what six. Six in his last seven. Yeah. But then, you know, Nylander will have a two-goal game to stay ahead of him for the team later. Or Tavares was doing that. So it seemed like as soon as he got on a roll, somebody else was on a roll as well to keep him, you know, second or third in team and, and goal score, which, let's face it, that's a pretty nice problem to have. It was almost as if last season, every time Austin Matthews stepped on the ice, you would almost expect a goal. And you, you start thinking about, like, the number of shots he gets or the opportunities he, he gets, and it's almost as if you're you're shocked when it doesn't happen. And now we're watching Mitch Marner on a, on a run on his consecutive point streak, and you start going five on five, uh, all the power plays, even the shorthanded uh, opportunities where he's a threat first minute, last minute of every period, and you're like, why shouldn't this continue for a long period of time as long as he's healthy and the other guys are having great seasons? There's no reason to think that this could end. No. Although, let's go back to Kipper and Borny to the first 10 games of the season. 
they're going, my God, this isn't going to end either. Like we, you know, <laughs> we haven't seen one reason to believe they're they're going to come out of this, um, and they eventually do. But you're right; it's um, you know, it's it's no different, I think, than uh, when you look at uh, McDavid and Drysaddle and Edmonton. They're going. There's just too much skill, too much talent there. Um, you know, to have it go away for an extended period of time. And they just hope, you know, once you get into the plane for real in April, um, that if it disappears, it's for a, a couple of periods or maybe one game as opposed to, you know, two or three in a seven-game series. What are your thoughts on uh, Connor Timmins thus far? He gets a paired, uh, paired up with TJ Brody. Uh, Kipper and I were kind of hypothesizing. It seems like they want him to have success. They're putting him in a position to have success. Is he someone you think can stay in the lineup uh, when they need, a, I guess, as a seventh guy? Yeah, I, I mean, I think you've um, you've got to be pleased that every game he's looked more comfortable. I mean, at um, you know, I mean, Arizona was sending him down to um, you know to try to get his timing and everything else because uh, he hasn't played hardly over the last three years. So I think that's what you love about it is the fact that he's uh, uh, every game he's looked a little more comfortable. And and let's face it, it's probably a little easier to to get your feet wet uh, with a team that's on a roll like Toronto now as opposed to Arizona. So. Um, you know, obviously the the talent was there that that got him this far. So it's uh, yeah, I like the fact that uh, you know it's like you know putting Nick Robertson on a top six spot, uh, put him in a position to succeed because um, you may not think you needed him, you know, back in September before uh, you had all the injuries. But I think it shows that once you get into uh, the postseason, if you go through it again, I think you want to have as, as many guys ready as possible. We're talking to Jim Ralph, the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, color oh, analyst. Bono, Bono love that. That's great. There you go. Yeah, you are, buddy. You are 100%. <laughs> Willie Nylander, uh, a career night uh, Saturday night, and we heard a, a sound bite off of Sheldon Keefe talking about just uh, definitely more consistent, uh, definitely more uh, uh, influential uh, between uh, – off days now for the Toronto Maple Leafs. How high is his ceiling for you? Well, well you know what I, I, I like, Kipper, is that there's, like, you can see the maturity in him, like even in the interviews. And you can see it on the ice where, I, mean, I remember early on, um, it was right before, it was right near the end of the year. And it might have been his third or fourth game. Remember, there was a two-on-one, and he went to the net, and the guy didn't get him the puck. And you could see him like like roll his eyes as if oh this is oh this is crap. I'm you're thinking, Oh my god. You know, is this is this gonna be one of those talented guys that never makes it? And um to see the maturity through the years. Like even, you know, the, the celebrations on ice, it's more it's more about business than it is about flash or anything else. So um, you know, I I think you love the fact that um, he's continued to improve. Like he didn't, you know, plateau at at 25 goals. I think he's on pace for, you know, 48 or 49 now. And last year it was uh, a career high 35. So yeah. I mean, I'm, I think he could be a 50 goal, 100 point guy easily in this league. Yeah, I mean, it's high praise, but his coach seems to think so too. Ralphie, I wonder uh, what you think about the them being split up, like him having Austin Matthews and then Marner being with Tavares. 
since they've made that move, they've obviously, as a team, had a ton of success. One of the things that kind of stands out to me is Marner and Tavares draw the hard matchups, like the the best D pair, the top line, they start in their D zone, and life has been easier for Matthews and Nylander. Do you think this is the best construction of their forward group going into playoffs, you know, to, to make it a little bit more challenging on an opponent to, to match up against Marner and Matthews, clearly the two best? Uh Okay, if I'm, I'll go out and make a prediction. I think when the playoffs start, it'll be uh, Marner and Matthews back together. You do, right? I, I think it's got a long stretch. I think it's uh, it's great how John Tavares is, is, I don't want to call it a bounce back year, but, um, you know, he's put up, you know, great numbers from the start. Um, you know, I mean, it's obviously a luxury when you've got, you know, uh, those four in your top six that you can mix and match. Um, but I still think it's... Uh, and you see Edmonton does it, you know, with, with Dreisaitl and McDavid. Things aren't going well. You put them out together five on five, and, and they can destroy a game for the opposition. So um, I still think I like the, you know, Marner's, you know, ability to set up and Matthew's ability to finish. So I'm going to say well, we got a few games to go before then, but uh, I'd be surprised if, uh, if we don't go back to what's worked, uh, especially last year, uh, when it comes to the line combinations. So I'm just curious on your reasoning behind Matthews and Marner ultimately being together. Would it be uh, when it's all said and done that a guy like Matthews would, who needs who more? Let me put it that way. <laughs> well, let's, let's put it this way, Kip. Uh, James Van Riemsdyk had a career high in goals playing with Marner. Yes. And uh, John Tavares has a career high in goals playing with Marner. Ben Austin Matthews, well, we know what he's done playing with Mitch Marner. So I think everybody needs Mitch Marner, <laughs> uh, you know, to, to put up decent numbers. But I just think if you've got, you know, arguably the, you know, the best setup guy in the league with arguably the best finisher in the league, um, you know, I'm not, uh, I haven't turned down any general manager's jobs or anything, <laughs> but I, <laughs> I think that's, I think that's a pretty good combination. Yeah, they've uh, they've they've had some success yeah. together. Might might help too when you know that you got to sign the guy in July. Yeah, yeah, no. What do you too. think, Kipper? I'm curious your thoughts on that. Should they keep the, the lines as is or go back? I've said this all along that uh, that your your best goal scorer when 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 push comes to shove, Matthews is going to want Marner. Yeah, but who cares what he wants? What's best for the team? Did you hear what I said? He I has know. to sign in, you know, you want to sign him in yeah, July. Yeah, win a Stanley they Cup care. and he'll stay. They care. Yeah, win a Stanley Cup and he'll stay. Um, I'll go back to Ralphie now. <laughs> um, let's talk about the bottom six because that's way less fun. Um, are they any closer to finding solutions here? You know, we we're talking off the top of the show that these big four, you know, for the Leafs, they got to score the goals or there's no next plan. Do we have an identity taking shape? Are we any closer to what it's going to look like in playoffs? Uh, no, I mean, you got to get guys back too. You know, right. you got to get that, you got to get that uh, goon Engvall back in the lineup first for the next game. And then, um, you know, Yarncrook is, is, is going to play a part. I don't know if, uh, you'll see him back in the top six, but um, you know I've, I've liked the progress. But like even Zach Aston Reese has been much more physical and noticeable of late. So I think there's there's still some fine tuning to go there. Um, I think David Camp for a bottom six guy is a lot like Mitch Martin in the top six. Um, wherever you put him, he's going to be effective. So I think you like that. I think it's just a matter of trying to build around that, but. You know, and they've had too many injuries, and especially, unfortunately, for 
for Nick Robertson going down, that means somebody else has to move up in a, a top six role. And um, and it was Malgin. And Joe and I were laughing because Malgin took the, the stick to the face and was gone the last game. And you're thinking, boy, Yarncrook got hurt when he was playing with Tavares and Barner. Uh, Robertson got hurt. Like, nobody's going to want to play with him. <laughs> you know, you're the, you're the sacrificial guy on the the uh, on that line. But uh, I, I think you've got to, same as a defense, you know, hopefully you get everybody back healthy uh, to, to fine-tune what you've got uh, heading into the postseason. And watching Matt Murray probably have his first average game or even below average if you're Sammy McKee talking about him, uh, it was, it's inevitable, right? I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna be the first or second star every night of the season here. But anything you saw that uh, that uh, might have led to him having an average night? No, I mean, I, I think he was he was right in his post game. He talked about it was sort of a scrambly game, and um, but, but boy, that, what a difference in post game interviews between Matt Murray and Jack Campbell. You know, Jack might have pulled himself before overtime. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Matt Murray just kind of shrugged it off, saying, you know, it was a weird game and uh, pucks were bouncing in. But, yeah, even the uh, – it's funny, the one, the Calgary up 4-3, the one that had to be reviewed, it's continuous motion. Uh, the review kind of took away from what a horrible goal it was. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like really, you know, you almost wanted to say to Calgary, like, really, you think that should have got – that shouldn't have gone in. <laughs> you know, even if the rules said it should have. So it, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was an off night, but the um, you know I, I think he's the reason they win in Dallas, hands down. Uh, they end up winning a game four nothing. So you could say that um, hopefully everything evens out at the end, and, and they turn around and one one for him. Ralphie, last one for me. How many times did you double take, triple take when they started David Camp in overtime with two defensemen? Uh, yeah, I was thinking the way they've gone in overtime, let's get it to a shootout. <laughs> you know, let's put just three D yeah. Just ice it for five minutes and uh, and try to get it to a shootout. But uh, that was funny. But uh, Sheldon Keefe had the good line. So I put that that combination out there because I knew Sandine was probably most likely to take a high stick off the faceoff. So <laughs> all right. Brilliant uh, coaching. Uh, you got to tip your hat to Sheldon Keefe for that. Well, listen, they they found a way to get through it. I think that's a, a real good sign when you don't necessarily bring uh, your A game here and you still find a way. But, uh, you know, just watching Calgary and, and all that hype off that big trade, um, just your thoughts on Kadri and a few of them, uh, what you were able to see out of Calgary Saturday night. Yeah, I, I mean, I, uh, I think that's a team that hasn't quite clicked. And obviously, you know, Huberto's numbers aren't anywhere near what they were last year with Florida. Um, and obviously, Florida hasn't exactly uh, benefited from uh, from Kachuk and the standings anyway. And uh, I don't think we have to talk much about Columbus and, and Johnny Gaudreau right now. So that's a, uh, I think it's a, a work in progress. But I, I think it's got to come down to the goal for They've got to get uh, uh, Markstrom uh, going again. And you know, talking to somebody in the flame system, they said, "Well, the good news is the way goalies go in the NHL, he should be really good next year." <laughs> yeah. like everybody has a good year and a bad year and, and they're back but uh, yeah, I think once they get their goaltending settled um, you know, I think I think they'll be alright Ralphie always appreciate your time on our show thanks for doing this pal alright thanks Skipper thanks Morning. Okay. thanks Ralphie oh, you're off
I found it interesting, uh, his comment on uh, really feeling that Matthews and Marner will, when it push comes to shove, mm-hmm. that's his uh, duel. It's just, so if you... But, yeah, go ahead. I'm going to yeah, I, I want to get into what you told me. Yeah, so if you break down the competition that both lines are facing, the Matthews line with Nylander is facing second pairs, second lines. They're starting the offensive zone, and Marner and Tavares are in the D zone against the top competition and thriving, which allows you to have Matthews and Nylander go yeah. tear it up. Matthews has yeah. found himself again. Nylander's five points the other night. Yeah. Like, your team is better when the other team has to go, do you want to match up against the guy who just scored 60? I I can't argue that it's a good look. It it works right now, but I just, I'm with Ralphie. I think that leash will be so short that the moment it looks like Mm -hmm. the dam is plugged, he will go back to that. And say what you will, and I get it. Well, just win. You know, it's all about winning the Stanley Cup, but... You run the risk that if it doesn't work and you've pissed off your best star player, yeah. who, by the way, you want to have him finish the rest of his career here, that's that's not a good thing either. It's not, but like if you play him with Marner because you want to keep him happy and you lose, yeah, you know... You're not guaranteed that he's going to sign here and the team can't get out of the first round. We can't win, yada, yada. Yeah, there's if, no guarantees on anything, right? If you, you know, of course. If you play him apart and they lose, you know, is he more mad, more likely to go maybe a bit? <laughs> but if you play them apart and you're slightly more likely to win a Stanley uh, Cup or I'm, win a round. We can ask Mark Crawford uh, if you can go back and lose. Would you lose with Gretzky or without Gretzky? He'd like to lose with Gretzky. Yeah, but in I... In the shootout. In this like, case, Gretzky is having them apart to me. That's your best team. That's your best look. And I, I just think I would want to play for a coach who gives the team the best chance to win. Not just caters... I mean, I know that's yes. maybe naive, I, but... I think it's two different conversations. What I would like them to do and what they will likely do. And I'm agreeing with Ralphie that they will likely go back to Matthews Marner. Well, the reason they'll likely like go them... back to it is because no one goes through a playoff run without running into losses in a wall. Yeah, You have so to make changes at some point. Game one playoffs, are they together? Yeah, but uh, it, it could come in game I don't want to argue about what... Well, this is my thing. Round. So mm. uh, it's not to me, will they be together? It's should they be. That's mm. the conversation is should they be. And... Here's what I know about Sheldon Keefe. So we, I, when I was with and the Matt, Marlies... I'm sorry, Marner and Tavares will have uh, Matthew Nyes in their left wing, so they'll be fine. That's true. So I'm with the, the Marlies in like 2017, 2016 maybe. We play Albany in the first round, and Albany is tearing us up through the neutral zone. Damon Severson, fast skater, yada, yada. Sheldon wants to, like, we're a couple games in, wants to switch it up, and we went to a trap. Like, no man forecheck. We didn't send anyone. And... It was the first change we made, but then people started scoring. Like our better players just kind of came around and it worked. And we stuck with this bad forecheck, in my opinion, just because we had made a change and we started to have success. I think that's what's going to happen with Matthews and Marner. They'll make a change in game two if it's not working or early. And, you know, you win a couple of games and they'll stick with it. I don't think they're going to do the right thing because even if they start with them apart, they're going to come together. I think they should. The team is better off when they're apart. And, and right now, it's hard to, for the coach right now, if he prefers this or if he prefers the other way, regardless of what it is, it's hard to switch it up when you've 
haven't dropped a game in regulation since Remembrance Day. Yeah. Right? Like, right now is not the time that you switch it up. It's when you go on a four or five game. Which is, they were doing okay. Which I think is probably going to happen at some point here that they'll lose three or four games in a row at some point for the rest of the season, I would imagine. Um, Four's a lot. Pardon? Four, maybe not. Yeah. Three? <laughs> yeah. They lose three in a row, and we're starting to wonder about them being ready for the playoffs, and we're yelling about it or whatever. I think they may, they could maybe switch it up a little bit. But what's going on in Kipper's brain right now? No, I'm just. Uh, it, he was right now. Really, lines it over really there. Uh, outside of that decision. Everything else is just like bingle bangle balls, right? Mulligan, so Yarn Crock. Uh, the only coach roster he decision he has to make is this. Is this is it. <laughs> and maybe D pairs. This will hang, you'll hang your hat on this. Yeah. And it'll work or it won't work and he'll either get fired or not. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. We'll uh we'll take a quick break one more time and then we'll bring back uh the arm dog, Colby Armstrong, former National Hockey League player, sports dad analyst. I don't know what he does now. Bar down or he's on spitting chicklets. He's, he's in that group now. Diversified eh? like biz where he just collects checks now. Don't uh, ask how. me. I show up. I, <laughs> I crush an energy drink and away we go. <laughs> That's what we can expect after the break. You're watching and listening to Real Kipper and Born. And if you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button for us. We love that. Back after this. Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Just waiting on Colby Armstrong. Says he needs a few minutes. Probably in the bathroom. What do you think? <laughs> That's not a very kind assumption. I really had a meeting. Busy can he be? Get a meeting of some kind. What's that? Get a meeting some, of some kind. Get a meeting. He's probably yeah. fighting and rough and rowdy or whatever the no, 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 team no. he's around these days. No, he just had a meeting with his kid's coach. Oh, that sounds much more yeah. parental. So we get like two breaks during the show. Mm-hmm. I kind of like them, stretch out a little Perfect. bit. The other part that I really like about our breaks is I get to do a drive-by. Uh, Derek Brandale. I'm glad you our, mentioned this. Our tech guy's, uh, you know, little workstation. His snack table? It's like a mini mart. <laughs> it really is. Where, you know, sometimes I'm in the mini mart and I'm like, I'd like to eat that, eat that. And, that. and I know I can't. Right? <laughs> Same thing. I go there. He's got like cookies. I just had a cookie. I got in Did there. you get a I cookie? Did, yeah. I can't do that. I he, want to. What but kills me is he's too. got the two liter of juice drinking out of it like it's a juice box. The 2L. It's huge. <laughs> I've never seen a carton of iced tea bigger. It's almost uh, like a, a Seinfeld episode. And I think he goes to Costco and he, guys, he buys like two gallons of beefaroni. <laughs> I expect to walk by and see a can of beefaroni one day on yeah. Derek's desk. Listen, it, I get it. You know, you, you got to have you got to have the snacks. You're, he's here for this show and the Raptor show. Got to hydrate. Juice it up. It's uh, also to uh, lighten the mood here. <laughs> Thank you for that. Worked for providing so well props. It really worked You're well. You're the best. Really? Did enjoy the cookie. Thank you. Uh, have you always been this snacky in your life? Uh, oh, yeah. Jesus. Yes. 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 Uh, yeah. Yeah, We've been I'm working together a long time, and DB has always had the snacks. Before we get Colby, I have a uh, snack-sized piece of information. Ooh. Oh, oh, nice segue. <laughs> The, wow, uh, you could almost host with that sort of stuff. <laughs> almost is what I do. Almost. Evolving. The uh, Vancouver Canucks made a uh, contract offer to Bo Horvat. You knew that. Well, Horvath turned it down. They now want to trade their, their their offer at the beginning. 
if you go back in the summer, it really, there was a real sense that it was, we've got a contract. We're going to offer it to either you or JT Miller. But it, there, at no point did it ever seem like they were we need both, both going to get it done. Now JT Miller's a double agent passing pucks to the other team for the Canucks. So Yeesh. it's almost as if that they were so insulted by Bo Horvat turning down their offer that they went to JT Miller and upped it up, you know, and topped it up. Yeah. And he was on the outside looking in from, from day one of this season. So Horvat now is just waiting to find out what team he plays for because yeah. it won't be the Canucks in yeah. late March. Well, they just don't value him as a top centerman. They, and, don't, they hey. don't think he creates enough. They don't think no. he passes the puck well enough. Okay. I mean, that's fine enough if that's the criticism. I am curious to know what he could fetch them. Like, are they going to sell him for future assets? Like, do a rebuild now? Or are they going to try to trade him for a guy who can help them make the playoffs? Or So let's just do this exercise. We're waiting on Colby Armstrong, and if he comes I'll, in, maybe we'll even join him. Well, uh, just quickly, before uh, we get deeper into this conversation, just yeah. wanted to make a quick announcement of the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, made a signing. They signed right-hander Chris Bassett to a three-year, $63 million contract, according to Jeff Passan, good right-handed starting pitcher for the Jays. So more on that at the top of the hour with Ben and uh, Blake Murphy. We like that. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Uh, I like capable starting pitching. Does he throw it hard? I wouldn't say that hard, right. but it's a, it's a good sign if the Jays kind of getting their, well, their give, offseason started. Give me his numbers here. last year. Uh, let me quickly pull them up for you. Uh, you played in the National League, which is, you know, it's a little bit. Um, uh, Derek's saying things in my ear as I'm doing this. Uh, let me see here. I'm pulling it up. Do, 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 do. Last year, he was a 3-4-2 ERA, 15 oh. wins and 9 losses, which people don't really care about. 182 innings pitched. Uh, he's got a career ERA of 345 in eight seasons in the MLB. A lot of those in Oakland, so he played in the top division there, but yeah. in a big park. One year with the Mets, he was pretty good. So, good, good signing. Age. He is... How old is he? We'll turn 34 in February. Ah. Uh, fastball sits at 93. <laughs> yeah. So he's fastball a, sits so at he's 93 he's and he's yet, 34. He's, he's, yeah. yet, he's yet another poo-flinger for the Jays pitching staff. Yeah. Six Just foot five, right. 220 pounds. There you go. Ooh, he oh, could be a Get in on the fortune. Wow, he's got the same body as me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, 220? Not a chance. Ah, 205. Six, five, perfect. You 205? Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised yeah. by that. Anyway. Soaking wet. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, right. after a big meal. With a pocket full of pennies. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, where were we? Uh, Horvat. 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 Yeah. Okay, let's just go through the exercise a okay. little bit. Okay. Who will take him now who's contending? Colorado. Yes. But. It's the only name of team I could think but, of. And I feel like I got one. But. As a rental? Toronto? And what are you willing to give up for the, for, for renting him? Mm-hmm. Like to me, it would be it would be more on a team that would think that they could re-sign him and match the number where probably he and his agent think that they can get to. Which to me, I think minimum he'd be seven, eight, eight, two, five. That's the ballpark I have him at. If yeah. he can score, 
you know, if you look at him and say, hey, he's uh, he scored 35, 35 goals this year 40 or something. Yeah. Right? yeah. That and should put him around eight, maybe just under eight, mm-hmm. seven, five, seven, seven. Yeah. Over seven years, he should be able to make $50, 55000000 million on a, on a seven-year deal. Yeah, Colorado's had salary cap issues, which is why they couldn't hang on to Kadri, who they yeah. loved. You know, and okay. that's essentially so, the Kadri contract. So, yeah, I, Colorado could they rent him? But rent him, but not. It would still cost you a first and a prospect at the I, minimum. But if you're Colorado, you just want a cup. You recognize a window, like you probably can live with a rental, right? Like one rental. I think you're okay with that. And are Vancouver fans okay giving him up for a first and a rental? Depends what they want to do. This is the big divide. I mean, to me, they bet on the wrong horse. Uh, they did bet on the wrong horse. Like, I would be happy to give uh, Horvat somewhat of a similar contract that they gave to JT Miller. Yeah. Right? What was What's Miller's? Eight times? I think he was over eight. Oof. But I, if I'm, if I'm going to pick between those two guys, I would definitely pick, yeah, it was a... $56 million contract over eight years, so $8 million a year until 2930. So I, if I'm if I'm in a Canucks fan, I'm probably pissed off that they built around the wrong guy or kind of picked the wrong horse, no? So now you're going to have to trade a guy that's probably a better player because you made the commitment to a guy who's probably a worse player. One's your captain and the other one isn't. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you that management has made some curious decisions and this would be the... Front runner for me of the most strange. You don't think the the Leafs would have interest in a guy making five point five million dollars, probably owed two the deadline or three or something. You know they want to trade. Let me ask you something. I guess that's okay. the old. They're not trading eyes, and then who is it? Well, you're you're trading Bo Horvat as a thirty five forty goal scorer. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Sammy, pay attention here. I'm listening. Bo's got 20 okay. already in 28 games, by the way. He uh, might score 40. How many on the power play? I don't have that right here, but... I'll tell you. I'm guessing a lot? I'm t- uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm guessing a lot. Here's where Let's I'm go going with his, this. His yes. Okay. You're the Toronto Maple Leafs, and you've just traded for Bo Horvat. Who is coming off the first power play for Bo Horvat? Well, Sammy, he- you go first. Sandine, five forwards. <laughs> Tavares. Give Mara. your head a shake, please, for a second. <laughs> no, I think it would probably be William Nylander, probably. And then you let Willie do the second unit. Horvath has just told me he's as good as goals. Pasternak. And now you're telling me Willie's off the first power well, play. Well, let's be honest. It's Horvat who's on the second power play. There is no power. You're not trading for Bo Horvat to stick him on the last 10 seconds of a power play. Now the second unit comes out and just 10 <laughs> seconds left in the power play. You know. It's, it's, it's a good question, isn't it? W- I would. It is a good question. An important one. He has eight but, power play goals this season, by the way. Yeah, thanks for listening to the show. Um, you said that? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> you're fine. I'm trying the, to get Colby here. All good, buddy. The, um, That's the danger. And the, you're, you're, you're now in the danger of. It's a good problem when you have of, too many good players. Yeah. And, and you're but not you, going to resign him, so you don't care that he's. But Willie will care. No, Willie's on the power play still. Bo gets to sit in the bench and be... Uh, Tavares sitting on the bench? No, just Bo. Bo does not get to play on my power play. Then, gets, I'm, then I'm not... I, I, he comes to play I'm for not, my hockey team. I'm though. not trading for him for to be a, a third-line checking The thing center. is, we agree that this team needs more depth scoring. Another guy, another winger, another someone. Anyone they trade for is not going to crack that top unit. They are the team, those four guys, essentially. Yeah. 
And so, so any depth scoring go, they go get, get is somebody, complimentary. Go get somebody underneath that then. That costs less to, to get. Yes. Okay. Bo, Bo's expensive. Yeah. And you can't maximize what he can bring. You're telling you me Tavares. a very salient point here. Tavares and I'm on your goes, page. Tavares goes down with an injury. Then you're trading for Bo or Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah. But if you're healthy going in there, it's a tough extra piece to get. Yes. You had me on the stat page. Tage Thompson is fourth in the NHL in points now. My goodness. Our boy. Meeting right. along with Colby here. I can't get in touch with him at the moment, boys. All right. Let's hey, go into news and notes. Can I just say that Colby's big time in us? No, he's not. He doesn't need us. No, no he's, he's, no, been, he's, he definitely he's, doesn't need us. Well, it's game time. Let's now. get hungry. He's Let's, really good to us, so I don't want to say anything bad. He's just obviously, he's, anyways. We never got to get into Keith on the reception for Marner's second assist and how the fans in Toronto saw Marner get a second assist and lost their oh, collective minds. I'm so sick of Marner talk. <laughs> Did I just have a stroke? <laughs> like Chris Letang? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's, uh, I thought I'd make you guys laugh. Okay, let's go to Sheldon Keefe on the warm reception as Marner keeps on ticking. How dialed in our fans are on, I mean, it's, of course, they're dialed in on that, but just in general. I mean, you look at the other night, their the reaction to the, Situation late in the in the third period, you know, um, with the Engvall situation there, and and, and the LA player uh, tonight. You know, I mean, I didn't really know what I looked up. I didn't know what happened, um, and then you quickly learn that you know they're they're really attuned to what's happening, and it's it's terrific because it's it's so well deserved for Mitch. You know, I mean, this guy has really been driving the bus for us. Uh, so for him to get that reaction, know that the the people are behind him, I think is terrific. Feel good story. I like that we haven't talked about the number until you got to Ralphie or whatever, but I, it's it's the birthday situation. 25, we'll talk about it again. 30, we'll really talk about it. But it's just, it's so in the flow of his game, and mm-hmm. it's so in the flow of these games. Like, it's not even, it's just completely, it would be so weird for him to not get a point. It is assumed it's happening, right? Like yeah. I, I'm so shocked if he doesn't get a point at some point. So yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with our rule of the birthdays. Um, Bunting has a or his assist streak was snapped, but he's up to a pretty quality run of play here. Have you been more impressed, Kipper, yes. with him getting closer to the guy he looked like last year? Uh, no, I think this is a new look for him. Okay, yeah, in a positive way. Yes, or? I've liked his board work. Not necessarily within six feet of the net. Mm -hmm. That's what we saw a lot last year. And I'm seeing better puck battles six feet off the wall, just maybe three feet inside the blue line or three feet outside the blue line. And just nice subtle plays that are are typical to me playoff type of plays. Just bumping pucks up, having guys skate into them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I... I like his look right now. Speaking of contracts, he's an important guy for them to figure out what he's, his number is going to look like next year. Because I was looking at, so uh, L.I. Tolvanen was claimed by the Seattle Kraken today. And I checked out the Seattle Kraken stat list for their team. And it's like 25 points. All right, let's, go to, oh, let's go Mr. to Colby. Colby. Um, hey, Colby. I want to tell you that Sammy and JB thought you were big timing us. 
Uh, but I said, no, he'll come on. He'll come on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, boys. Sorry, I did a little, uh, I'm sure. Uh, Lunch with Wit and Biz. JB, no, your guy, your little guy's young. Kipper, you probably went through this. You know, you got to come in and talk to the team coach. Got to have a little oh, meeting. Oh, my God. You're muscling. You're big timing. Oh, you're the is coach he not getting too. enough ice time, Colbs? Hey, what, what, don't, <laughs> hey, hey. Uh, you want him to go to the left lock uh, system? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm old school. Kippy, I'm hey. old school. A little tight, tighten the screws, you know. You got to tighten them up. So what's the <laughs> issue? Uh, I don't know. I just want to step in and see if I can lend a hand when I can as a as a parent coach on the side to give him a hand. You're like, by the way, I played in the National Hockey League if you need some help. <laughs> That's great, Golbs. Good for you. <laughs> what do you think? You, do you think this guy's secure enough to handle a Colby Armstrong? <laughs> he was good. The meeting went well, bud. The meeting went well. He's good. Oh, all he did it's was sit good. there and nod. That's all he did. <laughs> No, he's been doing this a little while, so it, it, it was good. It was a good thing. We just went over some standard stuff, right? Good, good. Um, no, and I gotta say, you gotta say concepts. You gotta say concepts, and not system. Now, yeah. oh, I found no. that out. You know, first four, four, first four weeks of the Leafs season, uh, you could have easily gone and talked to Sheldon and give him the same talk, but. It's not- <laughs> But it's not necessary anymore. Uh, Sheldon's got it going right now. Yeah, yeah, he does. How's it, how is the world has yeah. turned and it's coming up Leafland now. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think, right, with the amount of, you know, big-time defensemen that are on their lineup. What's, uh, that they're playing this well. What's been most impressive for you on this latest heater? Well, I... I I would say, surprisingly, they seem like they have a lot more spit in their game. And it's it's kind of crazy, right? Like, you give more to guys that are inexperienced. They seem to have a little bit more, a little bit more pop. I don't know. Does it seem like that to you in watching them? Like, they came in here and handed it to the Penguins uh, a few weeks ago on Hockey Night in Canada. And it was just, they're just looking, like, fairly confident rock solid and resilient with their play and and it didn't look you know one-dimensional you know what i mean so Mm. i think they're i think the contributions from you know some of these guys that have been thrust into positions and had to step up is um showing pretty well right now with some of the guys they have yeah, Cole, so we've been trying to figure out, you know, they they have had a better sort of defensive play and a little bit of edge to their game here and there. You know, we're, we're trying to figure out if their play is sustainable come playoffs. And one of the reasons that we, we have some concerns is sort of a lack of depth scoring beyond the uh, the big four guys here. You've played a role on a team with elite, elite players. You know, do you, do you ever get in a position where you just wait for those guys to do it? Is it kind of hard to play in a situation where you feel like sort of the secondary cast to those guys? Well, I think there's definitely like a, a pressure to it, right? Like I think, you know, you can only go so long uh, as one of those guys without producing for sure. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I think, I think, you know, as a player in that position, you feel it. And what's the games on that? How many games can you go to like five games without a point, you know, eight games without a point. You're like, 
there's, there's, you know, I used to have a coach who used to say to me, like, you, you go, it was Michelle Terrian. Uh, he used to say, like, you know, you go out there, you, you play defense, you know, you give me this, you give me that, but you hide behind, you know, our system or like where you are in the lineup, which is saying like, we need more from you production wise. And I think that's, you know, where, where those players do feel that pressure to not just be there, you know, and, and yeah. Zach Aston Reese, a guy that's a leaf has been an example of that for me for a while here as a, when he was with the Penguins, good, capable, smart player. But like, are you going to do a little bit more? Like, do you have more, and, you know, he's a college scoring machine and he comes in and he's like this defensive darling. And, and I think the analytics community really likes what he does when he's on the ice and a uh, good, smart player. But like, are you going to provide a little bit more punch, whether it's physical or also production wise? So, you know, I think there, there is something to be said about obviously depth scoring, but something to be said about teams that have guys that give you a little bit more. And, and, and is that the difference? More often than not, it is, right? Like, look at Boston killing everyone right now. Start, uh, you know, records all over the place with the way they've started. And, you know, but they're getting it from everyone. They're getting it through their lineup. And, and that's, that, that's a well-rounded team, right? Yeah. That's what you need when, you, when, when, they, when it comes time to get her done. That's what you need. So the pressure's put on everyone individually, of course, in your role. And I think guys know that, and I think guys feel that too. You know, uh, you do make, bring up a good point because during this run, man, it's been off the backs of really uh, the four guys, Nylander, Marner, Matthews, yeah. and Tavares, and not much else in terms of really um, solid contributions offensively. And then you're living in Pittsburgh covering the Penguins, and... Sid, Still, Malkin, uh, Gensel, Rust, and then Latang, And then after that, man, it's uh, sink or swim with those five guys, correct? Yeah, I think Raquel's been a good addition. He hasn't, like, racked up points like crazy. He's still having, like, a good productive year. But everywhere he goes, a line, whatever line, he's second or first line seems to, you know, dominate. So they, they've added him. He's been good. You know, Kapanen sat out a bunch of games and has come back and looks to have, like, a little glint of hope that he can find, um, you know, being a contributor. Hat-trick the other night for him. But um, Sid's been on yeah, fire, I mean, too, right? Sid's, Sid's a beast right now. And, and guess what? Yes, I think he – I believe – he has seven power play points this year. Their power play has been absolutely putrid for most of the year. They're starting to get it going now. And you got to think where he's, where he'd be at, you know, league wise with, with the power play going. Cause if you look at all the guys at the top right now, 15 points, 16 points, they're, they're killing it on the power play with added uh, production. But I think on top of that leadership, defensive play, setting the tone, um, you know, he's, he's, he does it all. It's amazing. He's 35, right? Like, people talk about guys in the league that are awesome, and, like, he's, he's now starting to be overlooked. I think this year he's making a statement with his play and his production right now that, um, you know, is he, is he in the heart conversation maybe when it's all said and done? And we'll, we'll see. I think he, he might be. Yeah, he's currently T6 in scoring in the league, tied with Pasternak. I mean, an unbelievable uh, season so far for Sid. You know, one thing we haven't talked about yet in the show that I'm I'm happy to have you weigh in on. I don't know if you saw the the mini drama with like Zidane Chara saying that uh, he they heard the Bruins had heard the Canucks were practicing passing the Stanley Cup off 
before the Stanley Cup final in 2011. Here on Hockey Night in Canada, Kevin Bieksa went on, basically said, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Which, you know, really, really a great debate about uh, respect and jinx and would this really thing sort of happen. Did, did you happen to hear about that little disagreement? Uh, bulletin board material, it, we're I, talking about. Yeah. Yeah, totally bulletin board material. And I thought in my head, I'm like, is this one of those Michael Jordan made up things? Like that he, he, he made that up to and like. I took that personally. Picture it. <laughs> and I took that personally. Yeah, that exact line. Because it sounds crazy to me. Like I'm a visual guy. So like I close my eyes and I picture what this might look like. And, you know, the guys have their gloves off and they're in practice <laughs> and they're skating around with the Stanley Cup and kissing it and passing it. In order, like, I, I, I honestly, I can't see that happening. Now, I, I no wouldn't chance. call Zidano a liar. I wouldn't call him Zidano a liar. Man, that, that's one of the most credible guys in the last yeah, 20 years I'm, you'll ever find. I'm sure he heard yeah, something from someone. And I'm scared of him, too. I'm not going to lie. I was just, I, when I played against him, I poked him just enough that he didn't cross the line and rip my head off. Um, but I find that hard to picture guys doing that, personally. Well, so I'm on. I'm on BX's side with that one. Do I think they all lined up at center ice and did it? No. But <laughs> could there have been some sort of gesture that just subtly happened? And would it have been the worst thing in the world if it did? I'm not talking about, you know, guys doing something like absolutely. We're not talking about sneaking into a dressing room and measuring someone's stick here. It's kind of yeah, a goofy yeah. whole. The whole thing's kind of goofy to me, you know. It's like it's not that big of a deal, even if it happened just a little bit subtly. But it could have been enough to piss us off and then grow, you know, like a this mystic story, right? Yeah, this is an unbelievable story. Now I have another idea in my head of what he might have saw because. I could picture myself being in the Stanley Cup final and practicing and you're messing around after practice and you score and you pretend you're winning the cup. Like, right. You know, like a goof around thing. It, it's, it's kind of go along the lines. It happens when you're goofing around in practice here and there. And maybe he saw that. Maybe he saw something like that. Yeah. That's what and I said. It's all purple Diego. monkey dishwasher. Someone saw something, heard something that got, it yeah. got all twisted. <laughs> And, and Bieksa definitely wasn't out there because there's no way that hero was practicing during the Stanley Cup final. There's no way. <laughs> I think that's a very good point. And we've settled it. Kipper's like, why are we even talking about this? Who cares? I, I'm with you on that, Kipper. Right? Yeah, it's just... Yeah. And, oh, by the way, it happened 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. Exactly. So where are you at on the Penguins? You know, I, do you want to get your thoughts on them before uh, we let you go? Your thoughts on where they're at, where they're going. Is this a team that's going to be, uh, are they the real deal or no? I think uh, when I look at their team, I think this could be, I mean, when I see Malkin, the way he has jumped this year and, uh, you know, the way Sid's playing, um, Tristan Jari's game, where it's at, where it came from in kind of the middle to start of this season. And then, like, the guys that they have in their depth positions, Teddy Bluger's been huge. I mean, he's a fourth-line centerman that has completely changed their penalty kill and made it unbelievable. Um, do they have the depth? Do they have the team? That's kind of what you look at. And I think this year could be one of those years for them, honestly. I, I, I It's crazy to think that they went on a – 
I think it was an eight-game losing streak earlier this year, to, and to say that, but uh, with the way things have come together, if they can get that power play rolling hot like it should, because this is a goaltending special teams league, and they can get those to where it should be on the power play especially, this team could have the depth. And I'm wondering, you know, here with, like, Ron Hextall, what he's going to be looking at. You know, moving forward, yes, with Chris Letang's back after having a stroke, is that an issue still? Will his health hold up? Uh, unsure. You know, Jeff Petrie just got hurt last game. He's out of lineup. How long? I'm unsure. Um, you know, but is is there something to look at this group? And, and it's the oldest team in the league already, guys. It, it's only going to get older next year. Like, is this kind of a year when you look at it and go, okay, do we have the horses? Is it good enough now? And if so... What tweaks inside of that can we make come the second half of the season, seeing where we're at? Because I think a lot of people at the Pens, you know, counted out even of the playoffs, just the playoffs. Um, You know, but, you know, they've won five in a row. They've been one of the hottest teams, you know, in the last month or so. Um, You know, Jari's back to all-star form, and and things start to, you know, have seemed to settle in with their lineup and their depth uh, and, and, and roles and what they have in their lineup. So I think they're a dangerous team, guys. I do. And they are better than Washington, are they not? Yeah, I think they're better than Washington. I think they're probably quicker. I think they're deeper. Um, And I think it's just a totally different story than what Washington has. And mind you, too, Washington did have, what, eight guys out for an extended period of time with injuries here to start the season. So... Could that change? Maybe, but I just think they're in a much better position with the with the makeup of this team um, to being like a, a team that can make some noise in the playoffs. All right, we're going to let you go so you can make your five uh, fifteen meeting with your uh, your coaches, assistant coaches. <laughs> I got to get in the lab, boys. Got to get the whiteboard out. I got to you know chalk talk time Start with Army. some concepts and make the trainers yeah. nervous too, Colby. <laughs> while you're at it. Make your kids' trainers really nervous. Oh, yeah. i got to come in there and just set the tone, eh, Kippy? Just exactly. You got to let them know. All right. Good, yep. good luck on that, pal. We really appreciate your time. Yeah, good talking to you, boys. Thanks for Thanks doing this. Guys. Um, I, but I get, like... I, I How get, did we not ask him about Latang and Strokes? Well, he mentioned it, yeah. you know, and he said... You know, hopefully it works out. I yeah. don't think he knows much more than we yeah, know that enough. it's uh, it's a doctor's call, and if he's comfortable enough to go back out there and doesn't feel like he's in jeopardy as the doctors don't, yeah. then who are we? Fair enough. Um, yeah, and just one note on the BXA thing. I get it. I get mm-hmm. it that, uh, you know, you don't want to hear somebody saying something that, you know, affects you personally. Or, again, he mentioned, you know, it is – many ways an attack on on a character thing because that's insinuating that we thought we had something locked up and that we were arrogant and cocky enough and all of that right i don't believe for one second it happened like that no and it's funny because when you do hear the story it's 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 either one or the other right it's either it happened and it was really noticeable Whole teams out there practicing yes. with an imaginary you know in order it's, now yeah. we know that it didn't happen that way because no. i was there i covered yeah. all the practices along with you know all the rest of them kelly rudy craig simpson sportsnet tsn we were all there and we all covered everything we didn't see anything could there have been some subtle uh 
things that might have happened that kind of insinuated that maybe they fantasize about something like that happening. Yeah, but big deal. Well, this is it's insane to me to suggest that the Canucks practiced handing off the cup or whatever. It's the it's the situation that Colby laid out that I had talked about earlier this morning when we were co- talking about if we wanted to talk about it or not on the show. It's that someone saw them, somebody tuck one home, pass whoever was in net, and then he puts, puts his hands up in the air and he pretends to pass it to somebody else. And over years and years of broken yeah. telephone, we get to the point where they, uh, they talked about it. It's probably an assistant equipment manager walking through the bowels of the arena and hears two of the captains saying, who did you give it to first? Or something yeah. like that. And that's the end of the story. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, probably didn't need... Uh, as much on this as we did. I like hey, it. Listen, it's a fun conversation um, to me. Yeah. They asked us if we could extend the story, maybe think about doing a documentary on it. <laughs> um, we said no, but we'll give it uh, three minutes on our show. How's that? That's and they good. were happy with that. Yeah, we satisfied our... Yeah, we satisfied the them. Okay. Um, where do you want to go? Uh, did you ask me about Eric Stahl? Well, he scored his first as a Florida Panther. Yeah. First goal, and he's been played 22 games. Oh, my God. I know what's coming now. You're yes. going to ask me about a Hall of Fame. Correct. Is Eric Stahl a Hall of Famer? Yes. And the answer is uh, no. Oh. Yeah, no. Oh. I, th- um, I think he has the I think he has the credentials, probably. What are the credentials? Uh, two-time gold medalist for Canada. Yeah, Stanley that's, Cup cha- that's Stanley Cup champion. kind of low on the totem pole. Stanley Cup champion. That's 1,300 games played, yeah. over 1,000 points. Oh, your mic's off, Kipper. I thought you were whispering. Yeah. No, I mean, games played, you know, in the last three or four years, you can always find some sucker team to take <laughs> you on. That, the, you can go those, play fourth those line numbers, Those numbers aren't as important as they've been in the past. Um, but I no, tend no to No major award, guys. No all, major award. All the very good to me. I will say, you know, when we talk about these guys... I really feel like fame should play into this more, like your gut feeling on a guy. Did you ever feel like he was one of the best players in the league? You know, do you feel like he was someone who a team could really, that could drive a team by themselves? That's why you've asked us about Phil Kessel, and I'm like, nah, he's never that for me. Eric Stahl's closer. No, I disagree. Yeah, Eric Stahl's closer for me. You know, like uh, big captain, leader type. The, you I'm know. with you. Yeah. But it's not. I'm. I'm with you guys. That yeah. I, it's not like a no-brainer yeah. to me. And it, I'd I have to I, see stack but, it up against but, other uh, people. And... I, uh, Eric's brother, what, Jordan. We, Jordan. You Mark. Just mentioned it. Jordan. There's uh, another one too. Jordan's he, a beast. Jo- Jordan would have had an easier time getting into the Hall of Fame 15 years ago, right? Doesn't Jordan have the record for shorthanded goals in the season for the stall? I don't know. But right now, it's just. The bar's so high right now f- for me. Tough to get in. That you need, you need career years. You need to be a uh, standout amongst your peers. Yeah. Uh, maybe on more than one occasion. But just simply having a Stanley Cup and a gold medal for Eric Stahl mm-hmm. without ever leading the league in scoring or winning a major award. Or but you, Chris Kunitz has a couple of gold medals. It's hard. Too. It's hard yeah. to... It is. It is. Get so, yeah. In. The interesting conversation. I've had this conversation with Stewie on the air before we played with him. And Stewie's, yeah, of course, no brainer. So, did your mileage may vary on him, too, while we're on that expression. By the, uh, I, oh, hold on a second here. I was, so, way, I was way off on the shorthanded goals. Not even close. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't what know where, I don't, it's 13 shorthanded goals. Listen, you, you, you shut off YouTube today. So, I mean, we're not <laughs> I got, surprised on anything 
you do today. I guess I remember him tying somebody because he had seven in a season once. Jordan so Small. before Colby came around, we were talking about Michael Bunting, and I was talking about how important he is and scoring depth and why he's important. So I looked at Seattle's leading scorers because they claimed uh, L.A. Tolvin in, um, 23 yes. years old. Who uh, I would have said two years ago would have been one of their highest prospects. Massive cha- trade ship if he was traded then. You know, he scored... 11 goals in 40 games with Nashville the one year, and now is kind of not doing anything. So anyway, they claim him, and I look at Seattle's uh, leading scores, and it's like, you know, basically Burakovsky is 27. After that, it's 23, 23, 23, 18, 16, 16, 16, 15, 15, 14, 13, 12, like depth scoring. The Leafs, it's unbelievable to drop off. You have the big four, and the bottom of that is Tavares at 28, and then it's Bunting at 20, and then it's Kerfoot at 12. 28, 20, 12. There's just no middle class of scoring on yeah. this team. And that's why Bunting's crucial. He is their middle class of yes. scoring. Their guy that it can, like, still chip in. Maybe it's 50 points a year, but that's massive to have. And I wonder what his next contract is going to look like if he's a 50-point guy this year. He's at 20 through 30 games. Is he, you know, is he Mikheyev? Is he now worth four by four? Probably. Yeah, and how's that working out for Vancouver? I don't know. I literally don't know. Yeah. <laughs> the answer. Yeah. And, <laughs> I know that he had okay. And I'm not saying I don't yeah. like him. Yeah. But this is the danger of getting caught up in in the hype. If if they think that they can get the danger's letting him walk. Um, no, I think. I, I think they'll let him walk like Mikheyev if it gets out of hand, and they'll just go find another one. Mikheyev has nine goals in 25 games this year. Which is pretty good. That's good for him. Really yep. good. Pretty good. Um, but I, I, we, we assume that the cap might go up. Uh, I don't know. There's still talk. I, I'm not convinced that it's going to go up 3 or $4 million next no. year. And even if it does, you got too many guys that still got to eat it up. It will be funny because, yeah, Kerfoot's expiring, Camp's expiring. Yeah, and you're going to lose $3.5 million off of Kerfoot, but it's just not giving it to Bunting or right. Camp. It's replacing Kerfoot. Kerfoot, you kind of – you have him. Like He's almost certainly going to walk away, right? Because you sure. can't trade him. Because who's trading for th- an expiring Kerfoot at 3 and a half, except for a team that's contending? No one who's not contending would want him. Listen, if – if I feel like I need to be edgier in the playoff, I'm still moving Kerfoot for another $3.5 million that might be a little edgier. And somebody else may need to get faster. Mm-hmm. So It's not the worst idea it's, there. It's still, it's still out there. Yeah. In my, it should be still in play. Kerfoot, uh, what did I say? He's got two goals and 10 assists yeah. through 30 games. But if, games. if Bunting ends up with another 40-plus points... You think he can get to 50? Yeah, I do. Okay. Then that should garner two and a half, three million dollars for sure on a long term deal. I think the Leafs would Feels probably entertain, light. you know, two and a half, three million dollars if it's three and a half or four. No, see ya. Yeah. Bye. Interesting. It's funny. He's uh he's been stapled to Austin Matthews here in Toronto. Like, my goodness, what a blessing that's been for his next paycheck. I got to believe he's the type of guy who's older. He's going to look to get all he can wherever he can get it. If you only have a chance at one real paycheck like this, 60. like if I'm Michael Bunting, I am going to play for Columbus next year. So Pay me. 
Uh, just quickly, before we go to break, just a reminder that the Jays signed Chris Bassett yeah. to a three-year contract. Tons of coverage coming up with yeah. Benny Boy and Blake Murphy. Yeah. So I'm talk getting, about this? Yeah, I'm going to talk about it right now because I got all my New York buddies uh, sending me a note saying, he choked when it counted. Okay. <laughs> when, the Nets, when the Mets needed him most... He choked when it counted. All right. So cool, 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 cool. for more than uh, that and more, tune into Fan Drive Time right after the break. Stick with hey, us. I'm not a baseball guy. I just report. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining, everybody. Like I said, give us a rating and review if you get a chance. We'd love to hear from you. We're back tomorrow. Stay safe, everybody.